0: Hello and welcome to Carl's interviews in podcast form. This is an audio extraction of the live interviews that I've conducted with some absolutely fantastic guests from all walks of life with a common theme. Have been truly inspiring, and I cannot wait for you to hear their story. I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to another of Carl's interviews. Today, I'm joined by Paul, the baby-faced assassin, Butler. Paul, a successful professional boxer, former International Boxing Federation belt holder, and someone who I firmly believe has his best years ahead of him. Paul and I had a fantastic chat today about his introduction to boxing, his career today, the support he's providing for that next generation of boxers and what's yet to come. Paul, the first question I have to ask you A lot of nicknames, you either hear a story behind them or you kind of question why somebody's called that. I defy anyone that's seen you not to understand why you're called the Babyface Assassin, but please, do you want to talk us through where the nickname even came about?
1: Well, do you know what? I never really had a nickname, Um, and it came from the amateurs, really. I uh, I, I boxed in at um, a tournament for for Great Britain. I got a call-up with two days' notice at uh, St George's. St. George's All in Liverpool. Yeah. And um, I stepped in and I beat an Irish kid, Conlon, in the quarters. And um, Nick Pete, who was an editor for the Echo at the time, he wrote saying a baby face assassin um, gets into the medal trail. And um, it, 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 it stuck ever since then. And, and <laughs> my favourite fighter happens to be Marco Antonio Barrera. Who was called the baby faced assassin as well. So yes. I just sort of stuck with that because my favourite fighter and, and Nick Pete writing about it in The Echo. No,
0: oh, I like it. It, yeah. it, it. In fairness, though, it's because obviously part of this was looking at some of your older fights as well, and you just don't seem to ever age. I mean, it must have been difficult when you're in your teens and everyone's trying to blag their way into a pub and they're looking at you going, Not a chance, sunshine. Yeah. Honestly, if, if I'm not if I'm not in
1: camp and I'm not training and I'm out, and I'm out of town somewhere and I'm I'm in a bar or something, I'll get ID'd still, like, and I'm to... <laughs> <laughs> which I don't mind, to be honest, because I'll take it as
0: a compliment. No, fair play. <laughs> so what I'd like to do to start is kind of take it back a few years and sort of take people that are listening and those who are going to catch up on this later, what got you into boxing and at what stage in kind of your boxing career you realised actually you're pretty good at this and you can make a proper go of it?
1: Um, do you know what? I started getting into boxing when I was probably around about 9, 10. I started watching it with my dad. My dad well, back then it was Friday fight night. Yeah. So I was always watching it on the telly and I always remember um, Gerald McLennan versus Nigel Benn. Yeah. Obviously, it ended tragic, but what a fight. Um, obviously, that got me hooked and uh, Nas's debut over in America, he boxed Kevin Kelly what a fight that was and I weren't weren't the biggest fan of Naz at the time because of his style and the way he boxed but obviously now he's retired and he's away from the sport you'd appreciate what he'd done for for British boxing Um, and then obviously I I went to our local amateur club it was Vauxhall Motors at the time we're now called World CP Boxing Club Um, so I started there when I was 10 and ever since I was 10 I stopped playing football I stopped doing everything I was I was naughty in school to start with, and then obviously boxing disciplines you. So, yes. ever ever since I was ten, it was just boxing, boxing, boxing. And probably uh, we went to America with with our club when we when we were eleven. And um, Wang Laporte, who boxed, um, Barry McGuigan I got beat in me four in me fifth fight. I'd had four, one, four, and I boxed a kid called Wang Guzman. He's a trainer in America, now I still speak to yeah. him now. And um, I boxed him in my fifth and I lost, and uh, I was crying my eyes out. <laughs> and um, uh, Juan Laporte stood me up outside, and I was crying my eyes out, couldn't even look at him. He said, Listen to me, boy. He said, You'll be a world champion. He said, I haven't seen eyes and feet like that in a long, long time. He said, Believe me, you'll be a world champion. And ever since then, I, I, it stuck in me. I had a world champion, a world champion, and that's always what I wanted to do. Obviously, I wanted to 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 reach as high as I could as an amateur and I went the Olympic qualifying by two points to got beat by a Turk in Pescara. Um, yeah, that was for the that was for the Beijing Olympics. Um, and then I came home. I went in the ABAs in 2010. I
0: won them, and then I decided to turn professional. Then. Did it make a difference as well? Some of the the real experience you had, especially at bantamweight, at Vauxhall Motors around you as well. Could it, people to look up to and coach and help you and you can aspire to. Yeah, 100%. Um, obviously, when I was growing up, Paul
1: Lloyd was British Commonwealth mm-hmm. European champion and he was from uh, my amateur club. Um, and he's very good mates with my dad, so I always used to watch his fights growing up. Um, always wanted to go on and win what, what he won. And he, funnily enough, he boxed for the IBF world title as well, which yeah. which I ended up winning. Uh, he boxed Tim Austin for it. Um and obviously, I grew up in a generation where I had Nick McDonald around me, 10 times national champion for our club, unbelievable. And I just, I used to sit, I used to finish training, I used to sit there and watch him, and he was just unbelievable. I followed him all around the country, just picking up little things. And as a 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 year old watching Nick McDonald, travel around the country, watching and box all the top kids. And it weren't just him that I was watching on the shows neither. I was watching the likes of Stephen Smith, your Neil Perkinses, your big Davy Price. I was watching them all. Um so I was always picking up a a little a little bit from, from each style as as I was
0: going along and I'd always go back to the gym and try something. And it's, obviously, i have got to cover the bout with Stewie Hall, but before we get into it, it's something actually I've read about and spoken to a couple of people about, that you even do that now, don't you, at Gallagher's gym, you're still kind of watching some of the good fighters there, seeing what they're doing, and always learning, which I think is really important.
1: Yeah, yeah like, well, in Joe's gym, we, we, we go in in like, separate times, so, say, I'll go in and I'll work with Tasha or something, and then Beefy and Callum will come in after, well, half an hour, 40 minutes after me, and... So, as I'm finishing, they're just getting going into sparring and that. So, as I'm finishing, I'll just sit down, me, and I'll watch them spar and I'll stay an extra half an hour just just to watch them spar, just to pick up things. And, like, when I first joined, um, Crawler was boxing, Lenares, Beefy was just signed to box Canelo. So, huge fights going on at the stable as I joined. And, wow, what, what a time to join and just watch the work ethic that, like, when I where I was at, at um, Farnell's gym we'd just train in the morning and then we'd go home and we'd just we'd just be setting our ways go home yeah. do your run or, or whatever do you know what I mean um, on my first day Joe texted me in the morning saying bring your swimming stuff as well I thought swimming stuff what about it <laughs> he said for your second session so uh, I said alright so I took my shorts so we get to Total Fitness and after our first session, we finished at like 12, we had a couple of hours chilling out, I had some yeah, yeah. Um goes and goes Total Fitness, gets in the pool, and they're all putting the goggles on and the, the swimming, because <laughs> you'd have to do it in Total Fitness. Yeah, I, thought, yeah. I haven't got none of that, I had to lend the pants, <laughs> I didn't have no goggles, <laughs> so my eyes were all bloodshot, killing me, because I was trying to see where I was going in the water. Oh God, that was an eye-opener, that, um, I thought, wow, this this is what elite athletes do this is this is proper like and that was five years five and a half years into my pro career
0: yeah what's obviously you mentioned tasha there and obviously people will know her, tasha jonas and i spoke yeah. to her um a couple of months back but there's two fantastic things when i was talking to her about that i was going to speak to you that she said um the first one she said actually he's kind of heartbreaking there's times when I train with him where I'm one heartbeat away from death and he's still cruising at 140 BPMs <laughs> oh shit yeah <laughs> you know what well,
1: <laughs> Tash hates getting stuck with us um, <laughs> you know what she she actually proper she I don't know it, it's different for Tash because she trains with the lads and yeah. she's on three minute rounds and three minutes of, of everything and yeah. she only boxed two minutes Yes. so it's that, that last minute for her must be a killer but do she gets through it? And I know she says, "I'm like probably one of the fittest in the gym, and I'll get through stuff." But she she works hard. Like at, for the last fight, she's like it was probably the best condition she's been in for a world yeah. title fight because everyone wrote her off, and she just she just had to put that to the back of her mind and get on with it. And and um, I'd speak to Joe of the of a day, and she'd she'd beat a track record, she'd beat all her swimming times, what she'd previous set. So. Yeah, she's not as hard done
0: by as she makes out Tash. if any she looked bloody good in that last fight as well. And I think there's yeah, few people that would say the draw was a fair result. And I hope she gets that rematch. The uh, other I bit she said...
1: Go Sorry, on. go on.
0: <laughs> no, I was just going to say, I had it by two
1: rounds. And I'm very surprised that the rematch yeah. hasn't already been made. Because she she definitely
0: deserves it. No, definitely. The other thing, is obviously it's always good to talk to elite sportsmen and women about diet and fitness, but um, she was saying to me that he doesn't eat any fruit and veg, he's just got this natural fitness. Tell me that's not true. Give the rest of us a chance here. Honest to God, I never used to eat veg. I still don't eat fruit. (laughs) Uh, I'll
1: I'll pick away at veg, uh, carrots, broccoli. That's about as good as it gets for me. Um, So... But up, up again, up until I went to Joe, I'd, I'd never really taken like protein shakes or supplements or tablets, vitamin tablets, anything like that. I, I do now, and I, you don't know. i the benefits. It's crazy. Yeah. Like so I used to think, oh, I was get out of me out of my food. There's enough protein in chicken. There's enough protein in beef. <laughs> like, but now you you do feel the difference once I start taking them supplements that are that are supporting the, the stuff what I
0: don't put in, like the fruit and the, well, the fruit and a little bit of veg that I do take in. <laughs> and have you seen a change in, because obviously you're an amateur coach yourself, have you seen a change in how you approach things now, you kind of wind in your knowledge of the benefits, nutrition and everything else?
1: Yeah, I think, well, I think me being a, a, a trainer to the, to the amateurs as well, I think it's sort of, well, Joe even says it himself, he says, you have to do. Stuff that you're telling them: left hand up, right hand up, yep. rolled head, go off center all the time. And I, I can, I'm, I, I'm, I'm telling myself in my own head as I'm on the bag, making sure my left hand's up, making sure my right hand's tight, making sure when I jab, your, your left elbow tucked in, it's not coming high. Um, and Joe said to me, probably last year, he said, "You can tell you're training the kids." He said because it's started to rub off on you a little bit because I am thinking constantly about what I'm telling the kids oh my god how's Riggy missed <laughs> sorry Origi's just, just at the bar <laughs> yeah so yeah um all that yeah is pretty
0: much that that's exactly what I do now because it's one of the questions i going to ask obviously part of it's got to be being able to give back and share your knowledge and experience with the kids but I did wonder what benefit it gave you as well and you're saying they're almost having to lead by example show them the right way because they'll all be watching you won't they everything you do and i bet they're quick to pick you up if you don't do something right exactly it's exactly what joe says he says you've got to do exactly what you're telling them
1: kids because you're you're the man they're watching and um you can see them all like even when i'm teaching them something just in just in the mirror and i'm saying this is how you do you can see all eyes are just locked into you to make sure you're even I'm, I'm sweating when I'm doing it because I'm thinking, am I doing this right? I've got a big sure I'm doing it right. Because yeah, yeah, they're the person that that they're sort of looking up to, and of course they've obviously seen me win titles and and they obviously they're, they're all nine, ten, eleven, twelve, right? Well, even the seniors as well, I still get in the ring and I still I still spar with the seniors as well now and again still have a little move round.
0: And taking back then, back to 2014, that magical fight against Stewie Hall, how did you feel going into it? How confident were you?
1: I was confident, yeah, I was really confident. Um, Previous to the fight, he was a sparring partner. Okay. Um, I knew it'd be tough going down the street because of the size difference. And at the time, I was a super flyweight. And that is all there was, a super flyweight. At a push, I could have probably done flyweight at that time. So I knew... I had to book up and I knew that that was the first time he ever went out and got a strength conditioner because I knew down the street that's where he'd think he'd get me. Because we'd only done, I think, six rounds previous in sparring and I'd boxed the ears off him. But yeah. Going into like five and six is where he'd start getting a little bit more success. I'm not saying he'd win the rounds in sparring. Not like you do win rounds in sparring, but like you, could, you could tell he was getting the better of the spar and yeah. then he'd start coming into it. So I, I remember in boxing Malinga and I got invited down to it. And as we were walking through the arena, Francis Warren said to me, he said, um, if he wins tonight, he said, would you uh, move up and um, challenge for the title? I said, right, I will, yeah. <laughs> I said, definitely. He said, how do, how do the spars go? I said, more than old my own. I said, I'd, I'd fancy that job, yeah, definitely. I remember the fight going ahead and I think about four or five rounds in. He said, what do you think? said, so box the ears off the pair of them. And he just smiled and I thought, yeah, I thought, he knows, he knows that I'm confident that I'd, I'd win yeah. this fight. And um, I thought I'd lost it because he ended up boxing Martin Ward. I thought, ah, oh, I thought I've lost this. He, he, Martin Ward could potentially be a banana skin for him, a slick yeah. self-puck and move. And unfortunately for Martin, they, they had a head um, clash, I think, in the second round and it had to be called a technical draw or no contest so we were next in line and we got the fight so um yeah so a lot of hard work went into building myself up into a weight, a lot of strength and conditioning a lot of circuits where first four rounds me circuit to be based on speed the second half was basically like being strong enough to to maintain that length of work rate that we were going, going to be working at, because we knew he'd, he'd come pushing and come pushing, so we'd work with a little bit heavier weights, but constant, 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 and, and banging the reps out, which I think I think going down the street, I think it definitely worked. I think he started coming into the fight around seven, eight, nine, and then I think around about 10,
0: 11, they were close, they were close rounds, but I fought mm-hmm. and nick them as well. Because it it went to twelve. Did you know at the end of it when they were saying about the judge's decision? Did did you know you had it? Obviously, both you celebrated at the end. But did you know? Um, I think
1: one fifteen. Oh, I can't. One, I can't remember the the thingies. But as soon as heard 115, 113,
0: 115, one fifteen, one thirteen, one fifteen, one thirteen, and one seventeen, yeah. eleven. One as soon as
1: he had one seventeen, one eleven, I thought it, it can't be him. It cannot yeah. be him because I thought I'd won the first five six rounds, pretty com- pretty comfortable. So. I thought there's no way he, he can have one seventeen, one eleven. So my hand went up, Yeah. and um, yeah, the the best three words you, you'll ever hear. <laughs> yeah, it was electric. I took, I took over double what what he took to to the venue. I took like five, yeah. six hundred with
0: me, Um all came down on the buses. It was a night to remember. And then, kind of, do a talk those watching through, what went on next then? Because obviously, naturally, people would expect you. Years- carry on fighting within that weight when you defend your title but do you talk through your decision process and now with hindsight as well being able to look at it yeah do you know what it's probably the biggest mistake in my life to,
1: to not defend the title I've never gone into the ring as a world as a world champion so, that so would that it. have been but Randy Caballero next would it that would have been yeah, yeah but we'd already agreed before I'd even won the fight before I'd even signed the contract to, to fight All we'd, we'd we'd agreed we'd Give up the belt and go straight back down to Superfly, yeah. okay. uh, because IBF rule and you, if you've won a title at one weight, you can move a weight and box for their title. So yeah. we agreed we'd go straight down. Uh, we didn't know much about Tete. Uh, well, nothing at all really. I had a, I had a tape from. Well, it would have been, yeah, two thousand and ten. I, I watched him. I watched that. He boxed for the IBF flyweight title the week before I made my debut, so he was at world level the week yeah, I made my man. debut, and that's the fight we were watching. Um, so four or five years down the line, I'm a lot can change at that time, can't it? Yeah, then I think yeah, I was I was the one that found out <laughs> how much he had changed. Um, very talent, very talented fighter. Um, actually a very nice bloke as well. Uh, just. I was the one that bumped into him and, and, and the nation found out how good he really was. Yeah.
0: And um, So you, you kind of obviously learned a lot, a big lesson from there. And I think it's one of the things that I've got from your career so far. You're always learning from it as well, which is I think it's a fantastic thing. As well as there's very few times I've seen you engage with any other fighters and there's not been respect there. Because obviously some fighters, it's all about trying to shout the other down or downplay them, but there's very few opportunities I've seen where either in the pre-match or post-match that hasn't been that respect. But um, yeah. can you talk to me a little bit about the opportunity you had to fight Emmanuel Rodriguez, how that came about pretty much last minute, and then the effects, obviously, afterwards you experienced as well about some of the grief you got from it?
1: Yeah, uh, well, I don't, I don't use Twitter actually anymore because of that <laughs> like, the amount of stick that I've got um, for failing weight. Um, yeah, yeah I, fail, I failed weight. Um, but the, the the stories behind everything in, in this boxing game... Of course. Um, I got... Well, the, there was talk of it right the way through January, February. When did I box him? I boxed him April, I think. Um, January, February, there was talks of it. And then four weeks before it, it was like, yeah. it's that or nothing. Um, and it literally was nothing because all the titles were going into the World Super Series then. Yeah. And I had literally nothing if if it didn't take that fight it was nothing Can I had like what 22 pounds to lose in four weeks um, which is incredible
0: yeah. man especially for the size especially of you at the time at the, up,
1: up. At the lower weight, yeah it's hard so four yeah. weeks and then you've got to cram in sparring you've got to try and feel good in sparring um, and you've got to try and do it right as well you can't just like right I'm not eating today and I'll go to the gym tomorrow and then I'll eat after training you can't do that it's It's all gotta be done right um I fell ill about eight days before the fight, um so I missed the gym for three days, trying to eat as little as possible because I couldn't train um and then the morning of the fight i was I was trying to make weight for three and a half hours, and I only took half a pound off, so my body was telling me that listen it's it's not gonna come off this um and I sat there. And I actually felt all right within my body i f- I failed weight before down at Superflyweight. and um, i this time around I actually felt all right in my body like I could do something, but every time my body got hot i just I just had to stop um I just had nothing left in me but then about oh, I had five months off after a rodriguez fight um i went I went Russia for the World Cup. I went Ibiza with the lads and Mexico with my girlfriend. I had five months off, got back in the gym and I boxed six weeks later and I made dancing weight Um, just because I knew I had long enough. I got in the gym um, and I started straight away. Six weeks was, I probably didn't have as much to lose to be honest as as I did for the Rodriguez fight Um, and I made weight and I made it comfortable in Scotland for the that was for the World Boxing Super Series. I was um, reserved for that.
0: So, yeah, it's, it's all about time with Boxing. Presumably as well, though, because a big part of it, you've got to go through the appropriate preparation, haven't you? And I can think of, if you four weeks notice, you're overweight and you get ill, you couldn't have done less to be worse prepared for it, really. No, um, that, that, that's what I mean. I, I couldn't say no to the fight either, though. So. No, rock in a hard place. Yeah. And those five months out, then was that? That must have been really good for your mental health as well. Just kind of forget about boxing for a bit, see your friends, and I suppose almost find yourself again. One hundred percent, yeah. Um, that's the longest I've ever had at the
1: gym, mind you, apart from this COVID. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, other than that, yeah, um, yeah. That five months out the gym, it just like just refreshed my whole body. I was like. I don't know, it was just like a big as soon as like it made me want to get back in the gym and just be like, right, we're going again now. Um and it did. I got back in the gym, I went down to Scotland and I made weight. Uh only for an eight rounder as well and people say, How how do you make weight for an eight rounder when when you can't even make it for a world title? Well there's a story behind it. It's not just it's not just oh I just I fancy the Mackeys on the on the Tuesday before <laughs> we before we weigh on the Friday. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. Um, like I
0: say, the stories behind everything. The bit, and it's interesting you're saying, you're off Twitter as well, that you find social media can go in a two ways, can't it? It can be a fantastic force for good, sharing positivity. But it's also yeah. that every man his dog seems to think it's their right to give you a piece of their mind and tell you what they think. And it's you that stepped up. It's you that's given it a go. And yeah. who are they to question it or challenge that? Half of them have probably never stuck a glove on in their life. Um, and
1: I'm not saying you do need to stick a glove on to know boxing, but you need to stick a glove on to respect the sport and to, to, to half know what you're going on about. And
0: It's also what as well. Go through. Yeah, and until you've had that first... Even if it's just in training spot, you get that first hit on the face and you realise this is real, it's not pretending anymore. You're not... You know, the bag hits back up most.
1: Yeah, most definitely, yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously when you get it when you get it in the face I I, I don't mind it that's why I do the boxing but yeah, it's, it's not, yeah um, mm, no I know you,
0: yeah it's it's difficult isn't it it's like I don't know it's I find it disappointing I mean we did it as young lads in the army and what we found is effort, whenever you did anything going to the training getting the ring you got a bit more respect because people understood actually it takes some balls to stand up there and give it a go but they also appreciated. The hours and hours that go in before that, because of fitness, you need. It's not just a case of turning yeah. up and under scrap. You've got to be conditioned for it. So, uh, no, I, I've got a massive amount of respect and time for any boxer, and amateur or professional, that gives it a go. One hundred percent. It's not just the the
1: work that you do in the gym. It's you've got to be mentally strong to not eat, not eat your crap foods, not, yeah. eat, not to to not go to pub with your mates when they're all saying come and watch the match or. Anything like that, you've just got to be mentally switched on for twenty four hours a day and people say, Oh, it's just, just a hobby. It's not just a hobby. It's a it, it's my job and it's a twenty four hour job. I get up in the morning, I'll have to eat the right the right foods, I'll go to the gym, I'll have to drink the right amount of water, just water. <laughs> yeah. You've got to get the four or five litres in of water. I wake up every morning and I'm just all I'm doing is drinking water and you think four or five litres is like it's hard it's hard to drink yeah. and <laughs> Yeah, for for everything you've just got to be mentally switched on. For like, I know if I'm only drinking three litres of water, then I probably won't lose lose as much weight in the gym as the next day, and I'll probably be a bit lighter. But come fight week, that's when I start cutting my water, and that's when you've got to be you got to be strong to to know that to be confident in that I'm drinking five litres of water. That's like ten pound. Like you've got to be confident in dropping the water and then being confident
0: in your body that it'll release it and give that weight away because it's such narrow margins as well isn't it, between the weight class to be able to hit it it's not yeah. like we did it. the big old boys it doesn't really matter as much but when i suppose you get to bantam weight i mean it's what eight stone three eight stone four kind of weight you're at eight six so when i was yeah. super fly, it was eight stone three but there's only three pound
1: between between the it's weight nothing weight, is, is it? it no people say oh it, it's nothing but that three that three pound margin is everything to me. Do you know what I mean? Like going up from super flyweight to bantam, it was just like that was a big relief because I yeah. I've got three pounds to play with. Three three pounds sounds like nothing, but it it's actually quite a lot when when you're down at that weight, especially when I'm coming down from like ten stone. So yeah, of course. you you get within touching distance of it, and you you're feeling dry. And like it like I was touching on before. You've got to be mentally strong to
0: to 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 know that you can do it and it's such interesting how they I suppose that motivation and mental toughness you, you've had a bit of a period haven't you where I suppose a tick over period if you like where you've potentially not been getting some of the fights you'd won and I mean you've had some fantastic successes but how do you keep yourself motivated and pushing forward when you're not getting those fights or opportunities that you know you're worthy of and you know you could do um, you just gotta look around the people that are
1: with me in the gym. Um, there's always a big fight around the corner in the gym, and if it's previous Callum Smith, you, you're training alongside Callum, and you're watching him push himself for the the biggest fight out there for him, which was Canelo at the time. Yeah. Um. So it's you're training alongside people like that. It's if if you can't get motivated by that, then
0: it, it's it's. It's going to be very tough to 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 get yourself motivated at all. Yeah, no, that's a fair one. And I suppose as well as you, you've got other element of self belief as well and confidence. If your training's going well, you know the condition you're in. It's just a case of keep doing that, isn't it? Yeah, one hundred percent. Um you just got to, you've got to keep pushing, keep driving,
1: um, and everything's written down in our gym. So if we if we're doing swimming like I touched on before, Joe will write down how, how long it's taken us to do. Certain lengths, um, and then he'll go back to four weeks previous of my last fight, and he'll say you were a little bit slower there, or you were a little bit quicker there. You're you in better shape this time around than you was last time. So, in your own head, it, it, you're fighting little demons yourself. Like, right, I've got I've got ten seconds to take off that time for next week now. Just little things like that, and yeah, you constantly, constantly pushing yourself and. With Joe, he's he's so professional, and all the numbers are wrote down constantly with everything. Um, and 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 it's not just you battling against yourself. We're battling against each other in the gym. We all want to be the best at the running. We all want to be the best at swimming. I'll never, I'll never be the best at <laughs> swimming. But I'm probably one of the best runners, so
0: I'll take that. No fair news. <laughs> And you had last year you actually um, an opportunity to fight in the the COVID climate without a crowd Uh, and I've heard a lot of boxers say actually the lack of crowd didn't make as much of a difference as people would have thought because normally there's only a few voices they hear anyway kind of the coach and then maybe they've got a gobbledy family member how did you find it when you did it? Exactly the same as that Um, well
1: it was it was a strange one because you've got to be well you're having a fight with with yourself before you would even get to the the weighing because I've got to pass the COVID test. My dad, who was with me, had to pass the COVID test and Joe had to pass the COVID test. That was just on our team. Out of the many, the other kid brought with him, they've all got to pass. If one fails, the whole fight's off. So you're worrying constantly going up to the the weigh-in as I passed, as as my dad passed, as Joe passed, as, as his team passed. Um, so that's a battle in itself, and then no, I can imagine. obviously, obviously, when when the fight when when you you know everyone's passed, that's a relief. So then you can concentrate on the fight. Then and then the fight, yeah, was I, I normally hear, I hear Joe, my dad, my sisters because they're that loud, <laughs> and then the the crowd around that is just like a blur sort of thing, yeah. like, just a noise. Um, but the the one weird thing what I found was when the bell would go for each round and I'd walk back to that corner, you'd normally hear a big roar. Yeah, that yeah. gives you a lift. Yeah. That was weird. That was that was weird for me. Walking back to the corner, you could hear the
0: pin drop. <laughs> mm, it was mad. I, I found a we of watching some of the bouts as well because obviously the, the sound effects seem so much more pronounced because we've got that background noise drowning them out. Yeah. Well, I, do you know what? I don't even think... No, I don't think there was any noise for us. Um...
1: I think the only noise I heard was the ring entrance walk that was <laughs> no, yeah. it. A little bit of music and um but my mine got delayed for like an hour, which was a bit of a pain. That the um the T V went down, the T V network. Okay. So I was warm. I was ready to go and they'd said Paul two minutes, ring walk. Yeah. I said all right, and then he heard a big commotion in the in the uh, corridor. I was like, oh. What's going on here? They said, Oh, network's gone down, um, you're gonna have there's gonna be a delay. I said, How long? He said, I don't know. Luckily enough for me, I just carried on staying warm. Um, just moving my feet up and down, shadow boxing. Stayed warm and well sat down for ten, fifteen minutes to start yeah, with, yeah. But then, stayed warm and I just did another big commotion. Five minutes, we've got five minutes. <laughs> and then um I, luckily enough I was warm, we, we could go, I, I was I was ready to go. I didn't take my gloves off and nothing like that.
0: No, no. And I suppose it, obviously that's behind you. Um, good to get one in twenty twenty, but what's coming up in twenty twenty one now? I suspect COVID is still going to be a factor, but what's the next rest of this year hold for you? Uh, hopefully, a world title fight. That, that's what we're pushing for. I know it's I know it's
1: difficult, obviously, because the new way, holds two of the belts, and he's looking to to unify the division. Um, so it's going to be it's going to be tough if if he keeps trying to box. Yeah, one one of the other champions. I will be waiting a while, but you no, know, I've just got to keep pushing and keep knocking on the door. Um, Whatever, whatever appears, whatever pops up, I've just got to be switched on. I've got to be in the gym, which I am now. and Hopefully I'm out soon, even if it's an eight rounder or a 10 rounder or even an eliminator for, for something. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if, if I get an eliminator, that means I, ca- I can't be denied a world title shot. Um, I'll be mandatory challenger, so they have to box the mandatories at some point, which is which is the case? Well, it's probably not going to be the case, but Anthony Joshua's in that position at the moment with you, will so yeah. probably end up having to step aside. But when you're in that position, you're 90% going to get your shot. So that's what I've got to do. I've just got to keep pushing and and, and hopefully get an, an eliminator of some sort. If it's the IBF, if it's the WBO, um, we'll go down them routes.
0: And I'm right, the IBF has put you at ninth in its rankings at the moment. Is that correct? No, I think that's the WBC. and WBC
1: with the IBF there's no one in at number two though which is strange I don't know why I've not been put into number two Uh,
0: and I'm number four with the WBO so definitely up there hopefully one of the the primary contenders soon yeah Uh, what about I want to ask because I'd um, heard about Karen Guirthi and some of the things he's been saying about you what's your views and thoughts on that Oh, he's been at it for years, mate. He's been at it for years. (laughs) Um,
1: Probably the first time I've responded to him, which was on Instagram about, probably about a month ago, something like that. He he put something like, because McGregor... Failed for COVID, didn't he? Oh, yeah, one of them failed for COVID. So he he started calling me out and I was like, your fight's getting arranged in probably two weeks. I said, you'll still be on. I said, concentrate on that. I think he'll get beat to be honest Um, but he'll still come knocking because he'll he'll want another payday Um, but I'm I'm more than happy to to box him. Um, He holds a European title. If he comes through and he wins I'll go and take the European title off him.
0: And how much apart, because obviously you've got the physical side of sport obviously. but how much apart is it that mental side because it's often you see don't you from the fighter side there's a lot of hype and build up and I suppose almost the mind games as well how much of that is important before you step in the ring yeah it's massive mate honestly you, you're fighting with everything you're fighting with
1: with yourself when you don't want to go for them late night runs or early morning runs um, the diet especially is, is probably the hardest thing a boxer has to do everyone seems to think oh you just go to the gym you come home <laughs> you'll train again later on but it it not work like that It's it you you got to be switched on 24/7 uh 7 days a week um it's a dangerous dangerous sport like i've said to loads of people you don't you don't play boxing no um it's it's the toughest sport in the world i believe especially through the dieting because if you if you do the dieting wrong I, i've seen loads of people just like collapse and you are just getting the dieting wrong that that's that's, well, for me, mentally, that's, that's the hardest bit, the, the dieting, um, you've got to be switched on constantly every day in the gym, especially when you are on sparring, uh, some days you can be mentally drained, you don't want to be, you don't, sometimes you don't even want to be in the gym, but then you've got a kid or two kids um, coming down to spore you and you're getting a fresh kid in every two rounds, and yeah. um, so you'll do two rounds with one, two rounds with the next, two rounds, and then they'll keep swapping every two rounds, and, you, it it it's, it's hard, but it's the it's the sport that I've I've been involved in since I was ten years of age. It's a sport I love, so you, you've got to be
0: prepared for these things. Uh, what about I remember years ago Mike Tyson saying the the way in obviously that face obviously He said there were times where he could look another fighter in the eye and he'd know he had him beat him. just by. Yeah. Is that something you've experienced yourself when you kind of squaring up someone? Yeah. Um... The first time with Stewie
1: Hall, um it felt like it felt like man versus a boy. Yeah. And then when I boxed him the second time, I looked him in the eye and I thought, This is man versus man now. I thought, I've got yeah, and I just I, I, but then when I boxed Emmanuel Rodriguez, my dad always says to me, because my dad always says, The eyes tell a story. You yeah. remember my dad saying to me after the the first face off with of Rodriguez, he said, what do you say? And I said Nothing. He was blank. He was blank. He there was nothing there. I just I just tried to look straight through him, and he was he, he just looked straight through me, and I was like, wow, I've never seen that before. He was just blank. Could see nothing in him. Normally you can you can see things with people. Like sometimes like you get a little edge, you know, when they look away first or yeah. don't even want to look at you properly. I've had. I remember John Donnelly, a boxer for the British title, and we went to the. Uh, First face off was at the weigh in, um, and we were sparring partners previous to that as well. Yeah, um, and we went to it head to head, and I was looking at him in the eyes, and he was looking at me cheekbones. He wouldn't look at me in the eyes, and I thought I've got you already, and know I've yeah. got you. So, they're, they're little little pinpoint signs you you can seem to pick up on on fighters.
0: And it must really help, I suppose. When you first get in the ring as well, and you are kind of just feeling the fighter out a bit, getting used to it, you must start to understand. Then, right, I've got this already. I can kind of feel that I've got the upper hand. Yeah. Um,
1: do you know I normally have a look around for a minute, two minutes, maybe the first round. I have a little look. Um, you'll you'll never really get me in full flow for a round or two. Um, normally about round about rounds three four. Is where I'll start get going to work and that's like I like to, to see how people move to see if when I'm throwing a certain shot, where they'll go with that, what what they'll do with a thing, what just trying to find openings without really doing much
0: yourself. you say that, but I seen you recall, was it Wolverhampton back in twenty fifteen, where you won yeah. in about twenty something seconds? <laughs> Nineteen seconds, yeah. I've had a few, <laughs> you know, I've had a few British titles. That's not you won seconds. then?
1: do uh, you know what? It's just them body shots. When they land, they land, um, and there's no, there's no getting up for them. And um, the horrible I've in it with a few myself. Touch wood. I've, I've never been down off a body shot, and um, because they're, they're horrible. I'd rather take a shot to the chin than, than downstairs. Because God, there's nothing worse. <laughs> I've been it with a few in sparring. It's just the sickening, the sickening.
0: Yeah. To conclude, I wanted to talk a little bit about kind of your advice and guidance for people getting into boxing. But I just want to pick up on—you're also a football coach, aren't you? Uh,
1: I train me and me and my mate Tom. We train. Uh, uh, we we've got our own football team, Sutton Athletic. We're called. So how did that come about then? You know what? It we were in the doesn't football. seem an actual step across, does it, from boxing yeah. to football? No. Do you know what? I like I like to get out with the lads, and even even when I'm not drinking and I'm in camp, I, I well when the pubs were open. I like to yeah. nip in the pub and see all the lads and I'm just, I'm just one of the lads and I remember one Saturday I was just sat in the pub and uh I just said to my mate Tom, I said, Look, I said this this is boring, like there's no one out at all. I said, We need to sort something. Get a footy team going. We kick off at two o'clock on Saturdays. Get a footy team going. Everyone's out on a Saturday then. All the lads are together. He said, Yeah, yeah, so this this is up well we had four seasons in the Chester League and we, we won the league every year um, we're now in West Cheshire Free. we've just been upgraded to another league so we're in that league now and well if it goes on I think they're just all in the middle of, of seeing if we can just do the league and no cups but yeah that's how it came across really just being
0: in the pub and no one being in the pub <laughs> Look, of all the things that you hear stories that people do in the pub, starting own football team isn't probably the most common one you'll hear, is it? No, no. I, I, do you know what? I think there was just us two in there just playing pool
1: and I said, let's just get a footy team going. We, we played on a Saturday, uh, Sunday, sorry, all together yeah. anyway. So it was just a natural progression. Just most of the lads from the Sunday team just all. You know what everyone's like on a Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's hard to get a team sometimes on a Sunday. Yeah. So on a Saturday it was a bit better with it being a two o'clock kickoff.
0: So as I said, I was going to lead on to for anyone, either youngsters wanting to get into the sport, um, but also people just wanting to potentially use boxes as an opportunity to improve their self-defense or general fitness. What sort of advice would you give people? In normal yeah. times, obviously not COVID times. In normal
1: yeah, times, no, like we, we've got loads of kids and adults who come into our boxing gym just to, just for self defence or even just for a bit of fitness. It's, um, like, I, I'll say it because I'm involved in it. It's the best sport in the world. For I, I was naughty when I was a ten year old, a nine year old in school. I wouldn't say naughty as like I was always getting expelled. I was just a little bit mischievous, or always in like a detention when I was in high school or nothing ever bad but it was just just a little bit naughty. um <laughs> but as soon as i started going to the gym um you just that discipline is just drilled into you from the word get go um and it, it just made me a, a whole better person growing up through school um every, especially when I, I got to like 16 uh, it was at that age where all the lads would start going out and they start getting a bit of a drink yeah. down. Mate, I stayed in. I, I can't even remember my my first night out, um, with the lads, um, because I was just constant. I I was so driven, and I think I think that's what boxing does to, to to most kids. Um, you walk into our boxing gym, um, it's just everyone everyone's on the same path, and everyone wants to everyone wants to be a champion. And I think that's what that's what it's all about, really. Especially especially in our gym, anyway. That I can speak for our
0: gym that must be absolutely fantastic to be around as well because it's just having that I suppose environment where you've got Champions Day you've got aspiring champions you've got people that are there they're not there to mess around they're there to make a difference and improve themselves and that's got to as you said motivate you when times are a bit harder but also inspire you to drive to try and beat that man or woman to your side 100% yeah Um, I'm one of them that
1: if if we're playing pigeon toss I've I've, I've got to win pigeon toss (laughs) do you know what I mean I've got to be first at everything And, and I know a lot of people say, "Oh, it's the taking part that counts," and it, and it is taking taking part counts for a lot. But I, I'm a born winner, and I, I like to, I like to drive that into people that winning counts as well as as taking part. If you want to be a champion, go out and be a champion. Uh, if you want to be, if you just want to go out and have one amateur fight just to see what it's like, go out and set that goal and go and do what you've you've got to do. Do you know what I mean? If you want to go and be a world champion, that's what I wanted. As soon as um, Juan Laporte said to me, you'll be back the Garden, you'll be a world champ. I've become a world champion, but I've never been back the Garden yet, so that's a yeah. that's a goal <laughs> of mine. I want to go back to I want to box at Madison Square Garden, but their goal is what I set myself when I was an 11-year-old kid um, and a world champion I've done, but I don't want to finish there.
0: No, I... I, I I think there's a lot of people who agree with me now with confidence that it's a case of when, not if, you'll have your next opportunity and you'll be able to take it.
1: I hope so, mate. I hope I hope obviously get a better chance than, than I did last time at four weeks' notice and I'll, <laughs> I'll take it, I'll take it with two hands.
0: Tasha's kindly invited me up as well to have a um, just come into the gym and come see yeah. but from what you're saying about being competitive I might have a swim against you but I don't think we'll be doing any sparring Mate, definitely beat me at a swim <laughs> definitely I'm terrible mm. so if anyone wants to kind of follow more of your journey and see what you're up to where are the best places to find and follow yeah I'm on Facebook um,
1: I'll accept pretty much anyone on Facebook <laughs> right. um, and Instagram I've just that to get a new Instagram someone hack me and delete my profile um, so that's I'm nice back on, I'm, back on, I'm back on Instagram it's uh, at one Butler one so you can you can
0: catch me up on there fantastic Paul thank you so much for your time this evening it's been an absolute pleasure cheers mate I appreciate it thanks for having me i let you crack on with the footy now and I'll catch you later cheers mate alright thanks for talking that concludes another interview for the day thank you to each and every one of you for listening and as ever if you have any feedback send it through to me at my instagram handle fighting underscore the underscore enjoy the rest of your day